It's the 15th day of January. Let's read the Bible. Folks, glad to have you with us today. We are near the middle of January. We're near the end of the book of Genesis. That means in this year-long Bible marathon, we've gotten off to a good start, but we still have a long way to go. We are deep, deep, deep today in the story of Joseph and his brothers. One of the great stories of all the Bible. And by the way, now a couple of weeks in, we now know that hundreds of people in America and around the world have joined us for this Bible reading marathon. I want to say two things to you. Well, three things. Number one, thank you. Number two, be sure to go to keepbelieving.com and download those three PDFs. There's a general overview. There's the daily Bible reading plan. There's the monthly Bible reading plan. That's free for you. You can get that at keepbelieving.com. And third and final thing, we hope you'll tell your friends and invite them to join us. It's not too late. All of these videos are being archived. I mean, we put them out on YouTube and on Facebook and on Rumble at 7 a.m. Central Time every morning, but we're leaving them up so it doesn't matter. You don't have to be there right at 7 a.m. anytime, day or night. You can come to my personal Facebook page, Keep Believing Facebook page, the Keep Believing YouTube channel, the Keep Believing website, and on Rumble, which is a newer video platform. Go to Rumble, the Keep Believing video channel. All the videos are there. That's five different places. Tell your friends and join us. Let's get down to it, reading the Bible together. Now, this morning, it's Genesis 43, 44, and 45. I'll just tell you this. uh, Joseph's brothers, years earlier, had deceitfully treated him, had misused him, had thrown him into a pit, then sold him into slavery, then lied to their father about it, and lived with guilty consciences all those years. Meanwhile, down in Egypt, God was blessing Joseph despite Potiphar's wife, despite the false accusation of rape, despite being thrown into prison, despite being forgotten by the cupbearer, all of that in God's time. God took Joseph and raised him up. He became number two man to Pharaoh, which in that day meant he was the number two man of the most powerful nation on earth. And now his brothers, because of the famine, have come to Egypt to buy grain. They don't know it's Joseph, but Joseph knows it's his brothers, and he's putting them to the test. You know, when you have committed a sin and you've done wrong, God's got to bring you to repentance. But for all of us, that's not an easy process. So they're being put to the test to see, are they going to admit finally what they did, get right with Joseph and get right with God? So here we go. Genesis 43. Now the famine in the land was severe. When they had used up the grain they had brought back from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little food. But Judah said to him, the man specifically warned us, you will not see me again unless your brother is with you. Talking about Benjamin, the youngest of the boys. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go. For the man said to us, you will not see me again unless your brother is with you. Why have you caused me so much trouble? Israel said, why did you tell the man you had another brother? They answered, the man kept asking us about us and about our family. Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? And we answered him accordingly. 
How could we know that he would say, bring your brother here? Then Judah said to his father Israel, send the boy with me. We will be on our way so that we may live and not die. Neither we nor you nor our dependents. I will be responsible for him. You can hold me personally accountable. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, I will be guilty before you forever. If we had not delayed, we could have come back twice by now. Then their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your packs and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balsam, a little honey, aromatic gum and resin, pistachios and almonds. Take twice as much silver with you. Return the silver that was returned to you in the top of your bags. Maybe it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back at once to the man. May God Almighty cause the man to be merciful to you so that he will release your other brother and Benjamin to you. As for me, if I am deprived of my sons, then I am deprived. The men took this gift, double the amount of silver and Benjamin. They immediately went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his steward, take the men to my house, slaughter an animal and prepare it, for they will eat with me at noon. The man did as Joseph had said and brought them to Joseph's house. But the men were afraid because they were being taken to Joseph's house. They said, we've been brought here because of the silver that was returned in our bags the first time. They intend to overpower us, seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. So they approached Joseph's steward and spoke to him at the doorway of the house. They said, my Lord, we really did come down here the first time only to buy food. When we came to the place where we lodged for the night and opened our bags of grain, each one's silver was at the top of his bag. It was the full amount of our silver, and we have brought it back with us. We have brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put our silver in the bags. Then the steward said, may you be well. Don't be afraid. Your God and the God of your father must have put the treasure in your bags. I received your silver. Then he brought Simeon out to them. The steward brought the men into Joseph's house, gave them water to wash their feet, and got feed for their donkeys. Since the men had heard they were going to eat a meal there, they prepared their gift for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they brought him the gift. They had carried him to the house, and they bowed to the ground before him. He asked if they were well, and he said, How is your elderly father? that you told me about. Is he still alive? They answered, your servant, our father as well. He is still alive. And they knelt low and paid homage to him. When he looked up and saw his brother, Benjamin, his mother's son, he asked, is this your youngest brother that you told me about? Then he said, may God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out because he was overcome with emotion for his brother and he was about to weep. He went into an inner room and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. Regaining his composure, he said, serve the meal. They served him by himself, his brothers by himself, and the Egyptians who were eating with him by themselves because Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews since that is detestable to them. They were seated before him in order by age, from the firstborn to the youngest. The men looked at each other in astonishment. Portions were served to them from Joseph's table 
And Benjamin's portion was five times larger than any of theirs. They drank and became drunk with Joseph. Just a reminder, we come to Genesis 44. The boys here, they have no clue of all the things that they've imagined. And these boys had good imaginations. They couldn't have dreamed. They never, they never dreamed. They never imagined this fellow was Joseph. But they're about to find out. There's one more test, though. Genesis 44. Joseph commanded his steward, fill the men's bags with as much food as they can carry and put each one's silver on top of his bag. Put my cup, the silver one, at the top of the youngest one's bag, along with the silver for his grain. So he did as Joseph told him. And mornings like the men were sent off with their donkeys. They have not gone very far from the city. When Joseph said to his steward, get up, pursue the men. When you overtake them, say to them, why have you repaid evil for good? Isn't this the cup that my master drinks from and uses for divination? What you have done is wrong. When he overtook them, he said these words to them. And they said, why does my Lord say these things? Your servants could not possibly do such a thing. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found at the top of our bags. How could we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If it is found with one of us, your servants, he must die. And the rest of us will become my Lord's slaves. The servant replied, what you have said is right, but only the one who is found to have it will be my slave. And the rest of you will be blameless. Each one quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. The steward searched, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. The cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes and each one loaded his donkey and returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers reached Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph said to them, didn't you know that a man like me could uncover the truth by divination? What can we say to my Lord? Judah replied, how can we plead? How can we justify ourselves? God has exposed your servants' iniquity. We are now my Lord's slaves, both, both we and the one in whose possession the cup was found. And then Joseph said, I swear that I will not do this. The man in whose possession the cup was found will be my slave. The rest of you can go in peace to your father. But Judah approached him and said, my Lord, please let your servant speak personally to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, my Lord, we have an elderly father and a younger brother, the child of his old age. The baby's brother, the boy's brother is dead. He's the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him to me so that I can see him. But we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, if your younger brother does not come down with you, you will not see me again. This is what happened when we went back to your servant, my father. We reported to him the words of my Lord, but our father said, go again, buy us a little food. We told him we cannot go down unless our younger brother goes with us. If our younger brother isn't with us, we cannot see the man. Your servant, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One is gone from me. I said he must have been torn to pieces. And I have never seen him again. If you also take this one from me and anything happens to him, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol, the realm of the dead, in sorrow. So if I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, 
His life is wrapped up with the boy's life. When he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. Then your servants will have brought down the gray hairs of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. Your servant became accountable to my father for the boy, saying, If I do not return him to you, I will always bear the guilt for sinning against you, my father. Now please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. Let him go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father without the boy? I could not bear to see the grief that would overwhelm my father. Genesis 45. We come now to one of the high points, not just of this story, but of the book of Genesis. Really, not just the book of Genesis. Genesis 45. One of the high points of all the Bible. Joseph overcome now with emotion. He's about to reveal himself to his brothers. You see, he's put them to the test. He wants to know, do they understand what they did to him? And now they understand. Now they've admitted their guilt. Now they understand what's happened is part of the unfolding justice of God. Now everything, the truth has come out about what they did. God has brought them to the place of repentance. There's no further test that can be given. So now, Genesis 45, verse 1, Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of his all his attendants. So he called out, send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. But he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. And also Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Return quickly to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. God has made me Lord of, of all Egypt. Come down to me without delay. You can settle in the land of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and all you have. There I will sustain you. For there will be five more years of famine. Otherwise, you, your household, and everything you have will become destitute. Look, your eyes, the eyes of my brother Benjamin can see that I'm the one speaking to you. Tell my father about all my glory in Egypt and about all you have seen and bring my father here quickly. Then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin wept on his shoulder. Joseph kissed each of his brothers as he wept. And afterwards, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace, Joseph's brothers have come. Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals, 
Go on back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your families and come back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can eat from the richness of the land. You were also commanded to tell them, do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your dependents and your wives and bring your father here. Do not be concerned about your belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave each of the brothers changes of clothes, but he gave Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothes. He sent his father the following, 10 donkeys carrying the best products of Egypt, 10 female donkeys carrying grain, food, and provisions for his father on the journey. So Joseph sent his brothers on their way, and as they were leaving, he said to them, don't argue on the way. So they went up from Egypt and came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. They said, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned for he did not believe them. But when they told Jacob all that Joseph had said to them and what he saw, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to transport him, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. Then Israel said, enough. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go see him before I die. The end of the reading for today. I just want to make one point and we'll wrap up. The point is this, that uh, Joseph was a God-centered man. It had been about 22 years since his brothers had sold him into slavery. 22 years when he could have given in to bitter and anger and recrimination, but he didn't. He waited until he was sure his brothers had repented, realized the greatness of their sin, and wanted to be right and wanted to make things right. But then he said, I am Joseph. And three times he says in this chapter, it was not you who sent me here, but God. How could he say that? They were the ones who hated him. They were the ones who envied him. They were the ones who plotted against him. They were the ones who put him into the pit. They were the ones who sold him into Midian. They were the ones who took the coat of many colors and dipped it in, in, in goat's blood. And they, they were the ones who, who, who lied to their own father. They were the ones who did it. Their iniquity was great. But Joseph said, I now understand. It wasn't you who sent me here, but God. God allowed all of that to happen so that Joseph could be in exactly the right place at the right moment in the most desperate moment of their need so that Joseph could be, be reunited with his father, with Benjamin, and he could take care of his whole family. You see, this isn't really the story of Jacob or the story of Joseph, it's the story of God, of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his providence. I've been telling you folks, just because you don't have a clue doesn't mean God doesn't have a clue. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean God can't see it. Just because you don't have a plan doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan. He knows what he is doing and he is doing it. All things really do work together for good, even though it takes years and years and years. And sometimes for some things, 
We won't see it until we finally get home to heaven. What a wonderful story. Be encouraged, my friends. We've been praying, open the eyes of our heart and so that we might see wonderful things from your word. And the Lord has certainly done that for us today. So come on back tomorrow because it's about to get really interesting because old man Jacob is going to meet Pharaoh, greatest man in the world. Come back tomorrow. It's going to be wonderful. Go out and have a great day. God bless you folks. See you back here tomorrow morning.